0: Good ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Aussie Talks. Yes, it's been a while, but it's episode 29. And in today's episode, we're going to be reviewing the Cricket World Cup group stage, another excuse uh, for the Poms and their terrible uh, performance. Also speaking briefly about the greatest ODI knock of all time. Uh, we're also going to be speaking about a new announcement that was made today uh, by the AFL that just makes no sense whatsoever. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Everybody here is on their feet. So after a very long World Cup campaign that just seemed to go on and on and on, uh, Australia in the semifinal. It was an absolutely shocking start for them. Their first two games were, were absolutely dreadful. Uh, since then, I believe we won seven in a row. Um, Gwen Maxwell has provided two of the greatest knocks in the history of one-day cricket. Uh, I know I'm a little bit late to the party on this, but uh, his knock of 201 uh, red ink the other week, uh, or I think it was about a week ago now, it's the greatest innings in the history of ODI cricket. Um, only the only competition to that might have been his 100 off like 39 balls a couple of days prior, but that was absolutely sensational. I went to bed with Australia five, uh, you know, what five for 60 or something like that. So I was like, yeah, we're going to lose. Well, we'll still qualify, but we're going to lose to Afghanistan, um, which is pretty poor. But uh, his innings, it, it just provided uh, a spectacle that I don't think ever will be replicated. You know, we're, we're taught as cricketers to move your feet, get your feet in a position to to use your hands and your wrists. But, you know, after his body went full full body cramp, it was all wrists. It was all just upper body strength, and it was absolutely sensational. And the greatest ODI knock, and, and it is not even close, and uh, it is not – I don't want to say the term in the conversation – if it's not, it's also close to the greatest knock in the history of cricket. Um, especially uh, in this in my lifetime. You know, you look at you look at other innings which are just sensational. Ben Stokes at Headingley, not certainly up there. Uh, this Glenn Maxwell one is right up there next to him in terms of what he was able to do is absolutely sensational. And he is definitely not done for this tournament, whether it's in the semifinal or if Australia win and they get into the Uh, final, uh, he's definitely due for one more knock of something spectacular. You heard it here first. But Australia plays South Africa on Thursday night. And, uh, well, hopefully it's the South Africa of old. Or I say, of old, just historically, uh, I don't believe they've ever actually been in a World Cup final uh, of any uh, format, whether that be T20 or, or ODI. Uh, they're just historically chokers. You know, you look back to 1999, Alan Donald didn't run. That was almost the catalyst uh, to what has been 20 plus years of South Africa losing in finals. And they have a very good team. They've probably got the best batting team in the competition. Uh, um, but. I still think that Australia, if they if they play their best, Australia can beat South Africa. Uh, the toss is crucial. South Africa have shown that they really struggled chasing in this tournament. Their their couple of losses have come from chasing, as we saw against India the other day, uh, and earlier in the tournament as well against the Netherlands, I believe. Um, so it's it's a big toss to win for Pat Cummins. He needs to. Um, you know, set the intent, bat first, put a total on the board. And, uh, yeah, bowl oh, will keep giving the ball to Zampa and hopefully Stark can get firing as well. But it should be a very exciting contest. I think no one's really giving New Zealand a chance against India. Um, but much like South Africa, India is also some bit of a, a team that's sort of choked in finals of late. Um you know, 2011, they won the Cricket World Cup final. And 2019, you can make an argument they were the best team but um, lost to New Zealand. So, look, the Kiwis always give themselves a chance. Um, but it, India, it, everything's coming up India. They would they, be an almighty choke if they at least didn't make the final on home soil. But one thing that every cricketing nation can laugh about during this World Cup are the POMs. 2019 World Cup winners... Twenty Twenty Two T Twenty World Cup winners, and now they were bottom of the table with a game to play. I don't know what that they finished six or something like that. Yeah, they finished six, three wins, six losses. Um, in their wins, geez, you have a look at who they had as their wins—absolute powerhouses of world cricket uh, in those ones. The Netherlands, absolute powerhouse, right there that they beat. Um. You know, they, they lost to Australia. Johnny Bairstow out first ball, which is absolutely hilarious uh, with all the, the crap that's come out. You know, they beat the Bangladesh. You know, again, uh, a massive, massive uh, cricketing nation there. They lost to Afghanistan. They lost to South Africa. They lost to Sri Lanka. They lost to India. Um, you know, they beat Pakistan in the last game. Pakistan, who were incredibly disappointing. But it's it's not England's fault. It's just the fact that Nasser saying is that they were given a lack of time to recover and prepare after what was a gruelling Ashes series and England were physically and mentally exhausted. Because you realise that Australia played in the exact same Ashes series and we're now on our way to a semi-final. So this is the problem I have with English cricket fans, is that when things don't go their way, it's never their fault. It's never their fault. Bairstow walking out of his crease, oh, no, no, that's the Aussie spirit of cricket. When things do go their way, it's 100%. They did everything right. There's no external luck, blah, 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 blah. But when things don't go their way, they just completely crack the shits. And for Nasser Hussein, a former England captain, on record, one of the worst England captains in terms of how England were under his captaincy, has come out and said, you know, lack of time to recover after an Ashes series. Mate, Australia played in that Ashes series as well. And you know what? We actually have the Ashes as well. So um, just another typical excuse for the English and uh, another thing we can laugh at. Uh, Keys Morgan. You know, he's been real quiet this World Cup. He hasn't piped up like he did during the Ashes series. But, yeah, to, to have England lose to the likes of, you know, Afghanistan, the Netherlands... Uh, some of the biggest upsets in the history of the Cricket World Cup. So great joy for everyone there, regardless of uh, what nation you support. But hopefully we'll have a very uh, two really good semifinals and a big final. Hopefully Australia uh, can pull it off in the end, but we shall see. Glenn Maxwell will make 100 again. He's not done yet, and uh, he will win man of the tournament uh, for his unbelievable knocks so far in this World Cup. Now, I want to touch on something here in the NBA by a, a particular individual by the name of James Harden. Now, I am yet to understand why any professional basketball or so, uh, organization believes that James Harden is the answer to winning. He was on the Rockets for – no, no, sorry, backtracking. Before he was on the Rockets, he was on the Thunder. In that 2012 final series, he averaged about eight points. He absolutely stunk it up. So a big game performance from the start of his career – Huge trip. When he went to the Rockets, he was pretty good on the Rockets. Won an MVP, great regular season player. I'm not doubting his ability in the regular season, but then it came. 2018, Western Conference Finals, Game 7. Here's the moment. Rockets, they were 3-2 up in the series. They could get to go home. tied series, chance to go to the NBA Finals where they would definitely beat the Cavs and they missed 37 consecutive threes in a row, Harden went like two of 19 from the three-point line. So another big game where he doesn't show up. And then he goes, I'm sick of Chris Paul and all these guys that I've brought in for my culture, so I'm going to leave. I'm going to join a big three on the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, that worked. That That, that really worked. And he's like, oh, I don't want to go there anymore. So you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go to Philly, and I'm going to team up with the MVP of the league. And in Game 7 against Boston, I'm going to score eight points. Eight points in a big game. And crack the shits about how Philly didn't give him the reins, how he isn't the guy, how, how he isn't scoring 30 a night like he did on the Rockets when he was an MVP. Well, you didn't win when that happened, mate, because in big games you go away. You disappear. James Harden disappears in big games. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't want to be at Philadelphia. He holds out, and he gets traded to the Clippers. And every single NBA media analyst goes, Clippers are the favorites to win the NBA championship. He's the favorites to come out of the West. Now, I know it's early days, but the Clippers haven't won a game since Harden's been on the roster. Harden doesn't win. He is an incredibly talented player during the regular season. During the regular season. But when it comes to the big games, when it comes to the clutch moments that separate you, separate the great players from the all-time greats, he's nowhere there. And it's more the fact that the NBA media keeps buying into the fact that James Harden is the answer and the fact that the Clippers keep thinking if we get these guys who don't show up in playoffs repeatedly, 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 that we're going to get over the hump. It's such a Clipper move. They've got one year left, the Clippers, and then they're going to be rubbish for 15 years because they have like eight draft picks in the next 15 years after the Kawhi trade, the Paul George trade, and now the James Harden trade. But James Harden does not win. And I am yet to understand why any NBA team wants a guy who is not bringing anything from a defense perspective, not bringing anything from a locker room perspective or a team environment or chemistry or anything. They think that he he is the answer. Yet to win a game, the Clippers. I might be proven wrong. I very much doubt it. This is such a Clipper move. They brought him in. Every NBA media goes, we're winning the championship. It's complete rubbish and typical from uh, a bloke who just doesn't perform in big games. I didn't expect Mason Cox to do anything other than the standard. Bailey from the side. Goes to Danaher. playing ran into him. He got hit hippoed as well. Spills to Bailey. Bailey's already kicked it goal from there. He breaks loose. Now, I want to speak about something that uh, got announced earlier today in the AFL. It's called the opening ground fixtures. I don't understand it. Like, I do not understand it whatsoever. Thursday, March 7th, first night of football has always been Carlton, Richmond. Hasn't always been the best game. Carlton have been rubbish most of my life, and I've absolutely loved that fact. Now it's flipped. Richmond are going to be rubbish for a few years. But... It's been tradition. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's only been one game in my lifetime where the first round hasn't been Alton richmond and that was when they did the rematch in 2022 of Bulldogs-Melbourne. I believe it was on a Wednesday night. But opening round, first of all, they've only got eight teams playing. I do not understand it. First game, Sydney-Melbourne-SCG. You know the last time the SCG got a good crowd? It was Buddy's farewell. One of the best players of the last, or arguably the best player of the last 20 years. For that, every single Sydney game is not even three-quarters sold out. You have to go back to Buddy's when he kicked his 1,000 goal for there to be a crowd over 80% full. That's the game to start the season. When you got Friday, March 8th, Brisbane, Carlson at the Gabba. I've got no issues with that. Prelim final uh, rematch at the Gabba. Oh, I do not mind that at all. And this is what really gets me here. This is what I do not understand um, about this opening round fixture. Despite the fact that like half the half the, uh, half the clubs aren't playing, Saturday, March ninth, first round of the AFL season. Get the pies in the oven. Get the beers out. Backyard, with your mates. Gold Coast versus Richard. a team that has never made finals versus a team that is bottoming out. Pat, the amazing, always high attendance full, Heritage Bank Stadium. I went to Heritage Bank Stadium early this year for a St Kilda Gold Coast game. First of all, it's a terrible game of footy. But there was eight people there, and I'm not even joking, and there was probably about three of them that actually knew the rules, and somehow I was sitting within those three Gold Coast fans who actually knew the rules. No one cares out there. First of all, the stadium's 35 minutes out of Service Paradise, so it's way out of the way. And no one cares. And then Saturday night, you've got GWS Collingwood again, prelim final we- rematch at Giant Stadium. I do not mind that at all. The Friday night and the Saturday night games, I do not mind. The AFL is simply doing this because the first round of the NRL season is in Vegas. So what they're trying to do is tap into that New South Wales and Queensland uh, watching and viewing population, that like, want to watch something that's happening locally. And since the NRL are in Vegas, they don't have that for the week. That's all they're trying to do. This will last one year. This is what the AFL does. They try to create a utopian league in an imperfect sporting body. It does not work. We do all these incredible changes. AFLX, it's going to revolutionise the sport. Two years it was out, and the worst thing ever invented. Umpire descent, we're going to bring that in. It's going to, we're going to set a standard for the, all the young players in, in uh, Australia. When's the last time I got called? Opening round will last one year, maybe two if they're lucky. Andrew Dillon, probably not your best start as AFL CEO, mate. You've got nine teams not playing. Sorry, my mistake. No, you haven't got nine teams not playing. playing. You've got 10 teams not playing. My mistake. 10 teams not playing in round one. Uh, I I just don't understand it. No games in Victoria. No games in Victoria. Why? Victoria is the lifeblood of the AFL. I'm sorry. You have a look. Collingwood fans, as much as, you know, they're Collingwood, they've got 100,000 members. Richmond, they've got 100,000 members. Melbourne, they'd have close to 100,000 members. Your big clubs are in Melbourne. You're not even playing there. It's not even like you're playing out in WA, where they've got a big supporter base. You're playing in New South Wales and Queensland to try and capture the NRL viewing audience when the NRL is in the States. And I just don't understand it. Your key supporter base is in Victoria. Stop going away with it. As as Neil Mitchell said today, it's silly. Victoria is the heartland. It is, yeah, I don't know. I'm lost. Typical AFL just changing stuff for the sake of changing stuff. All right, it's time for Jordan's Big Call. My big call for this episode is that India will win the Cricket World Cup final against Australia. And as much as I hate to say it, if India somehow find a way to lose this World Cup, it's an almighty choke. You know, they're nine and zero in the group matches. They didn't really get challenged. They they did everything with a, a fair fair degree of comfort. Um, they smashed teams South Africa. They absolutely killed. Um, you know that were a little bit faulty against us at right at the start of their batting innings, but um, oh, I, everything's coming up India. You know the conditions suit them. They've got a really well-rounded attack. Um, they're they're batting. You know Kohli totally again showing why he's one of the best in the world and and one of the best that I've seen. Um, now it would be great to to see uh, him fail and uh, India fail, but uh, that's what I think they'll do. I think they'll play Australia make 350 plus and then roll us, um, yeah, for nowhere close to that total. So hopefully I'm wrong, but we shall see what happens. That means that, Uh, hopefully the Kiwis will get up tonight and uh, this call is completely wrong, but uh, we shall see what happens. But thanks for tuning in to episode 29 of Aussie Talks. I know it's been a while. Weekly episodes coming in for the foreseeable future. We had a chat about the Cricket World Cup. We had a chat about James Harden, how the fact he just doesn't win and every organization keeps recruiting him. I just don't understand it. why the NBA media also think he's – The man when he's just not and also the AFL just changing stuff again for the sake of changing stuff the opening round uh, is completely just uh, not an idea that's going to work 10 teams uh, that aren't playing and uh, yeah Gold Coast Richmond that just I don't understand that one there'll be about 8 people uh, in a team maybe 9 if they're lucky knowing the, the Gold Coast population but we shall see what happens thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time on Aussie Talks